In just one generation, the internet connected people across the globe. And now, slow news days are a thing of the past. It's a lot to keep track of, but WHIP has you covered with local, national, and international stories. Join us for a rational look at a complex world. This is Rational Radio on WHIP. Indeed it is Rational Radio on WHIP. I'm your host, Tony, with Dan and Irish. And today, we have a special guest from the Temple News, which is awesome, because hopefully we'll have more special guests from the Temple News. Uh, but we got Julie, Julie Crispy, <laughs> Crispy, wow, <laughs> uh, it was so, it was fine until... You were ready, I, and then you go and do I that. I quit, that's it. Um, and that'll do it today on Rational Radio. I, yeah, I would say... officially change my name I'll have to... Julie Crispy. Julie Crispy, well, before yeah. it was Julie Crispy, it was Jula, what was it, Crispy? Jula Christ. Yes. No. <laughs> Well, pick whichever one you want to go with. I'll go with Julie Christie. All right, Julie Christie. Um, so you are the chief editor at no, Temple? No, I am the digital managing digital editor. managing editor. That's right. Yeah, at the Temple News. Um, so pretty much I'm, like, in charge of our website's content, its presentation. Um, if it's digital and associated with the Temple News, mm-hmm. I'm in charge of it. Well... That makes a lot of sense because what we're here to talk about is actually a really fantastic kind of multimedia digital piece. Um, for those of you who, who aren't familiar, the, the Temple News released a, um, a very comprehensive voting guide. Um, this was early last week, correct? Yep. On Tuesday, we launched the, um, pretty much we produced it in three different forms. Um, three and a half, I guess. Um, so first we had a, an eight page insert in our Tuesday newspaper reprint every Tuesday. Um, and it had all the exact same content that our digital voting guide has. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the digital guide is same stuff that was in print, just presented digitally with links to candidate pages, links to get your own sample ballot that's customized for where you are with those candidates, um, and things like an interactive polling place map where you can go and look, see where your polling place is. Um, mm-hmm. And then also a link to go look up to see which your specific place would be. Um, so we've got that. And then we also have an attached PDF for anybody who wants to print out the voting guide for themselves. And we've been doing a Twitter campaign of just little graphics breaking down you know, very small elements of the guide and then leading people mm-hmm. to it online. That's fantastic. So I know, especially as someone who navigated voting for the first time in um, in 2016, it's weird because in school you learn so much about the voting process and what it represents, um, but you don't learn how to actually do it, mm-hmm. which, which, it, which is a problem in a democracy. Um, but I know it, so... In this guide, you not only go into details about how to um, how to actually how to vote, how to find voting locations, but it's very comprehensive in that it also has details on where candidates stand with certain issues. Um, it's something that if you're someone who's been like living under a a rock, <laughs> so, so to speak, like you could you could pick this up and and really kind of get a grip on the on the midterm elections in Pennsylvania, what the, what the, what the landscape kind of mm-hmm. is like. So 
what like what was the impetus for for putting something this thorough together um it's honestly i was looking at the temple news's past content and you know for elections we had mostly done a very quick chart outlining candidates major issues we did it for 2016 we did it for um when krasner was running for election um but we never did anything comprehensive which struck me as odd because temple university in north philadelphia has a very large population in philadelphia it's deeply affected by so many things that happen at the local scale and the national scale of politics. Um, so we wanted to do something that wasn't analysis, that wasn't, you know, this is what we think. Mm -hmm. We wanted to give people a guide pretty much to, with a vague assumption, you're probably a first-time voter. Mm -hmm. What do you need to know about what you want to know? Um, so we started off with Pretty much we brainstormed a whole bunch of stories. We had a quick listicle on, you know, how to register to vote a couple of weeks before the registration closed. Stuff about how the polling places are preparing for the elections tomorrow. And then we decided we need to have a guide, something that kind of distills everything that's going to be relevant about the elections before they happen. Um and so we put out a survey and we asked our readers and anybody on social media, you know, what are the top three most important issues that you're concerned about? Mm -hmm. What would you want to specifically ask, you know, your congressional candidates? What would you want to ask, um, you know, your 181st district representatives? Because those are the two big um, things that kind of impact us the most as students, residents of North Philadelphia. Um, so we put out that survey, we fielded a good number of answers. Um, I would always like to see more, but, um, that's what we used to inform the questions we asked. We didn't want to decide or figure out what we thought people wanted to know about. We just figured it would be easier to ask them, what do you want to know about? Mm -hmm. We'll ask, um, because this is, you know, journalism is all about informing people. So we wanted to get the information that people told us they wanted, put mm -hmm. it together, make it easy, make it digestible, and spread it as much as we possibly could. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So on the on the topic of being like very, <laughs> very easy to digest and spreadable, the the format of this is is a really is a really interesting one. Like it's not just a bunch of words um, on a on a page, and it's not just it's not just the main, you know, red and blue candidates. You also look into um, points from the, what is this, the Green Party and... Libertarian. Like the, yeah, Libertarian. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, how how did you all take that that information and the, the results of kind of researching those questions um, and kind of settle on this format for the, the, final, the final thing? Um... I mean, it's just when you think about it, nobody wants to read a thousand or five thousand words and you can easily fill up eight, eight pages with thousands of words. Mm -hmm. It's it's ridiculous. Nobody's going to actually sit down and read it. Whereas, you know, if you've got something easy where, you know, you can scan and see, oh, this race, this issue, what do these guys say about it? Um which was very important just because, you know, 
the whole point is having information and then disseminating it in an easy and simple way. Um, it also made it easier on our end. We didn't have to write thousands and thousands of words, which was great. <laughs> uh, we, we were still working down to the wire on it, but we, it. yeah, a lot of it was really just distilling, you know, the topics, the candidate stances on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then making sure that, you know, online we link to candidate pages. So if people want to learn more and learn, you know, because we did definitely not include a lot of nuance to their positions mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. We tried to include context where we could fit it. Um, and so, you know, linking to the candidate pages was very important so that, you know, if people are interested enough to try and inform themselves with our voter guide, then there's nothing to stop them from informing themselves further by going to the candidate pages and reading, mm-hmm. you know, what everybody has to say about their own positions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm curious. Um, just we're, we're talking about how comprehensive this is and everything is was there anything that didn't make the cut or any information that you wish that, that you wish you couldn't you, you wish you could have provided but were not able to either due to time constraints or trying to keep the word count under a certain amount um, is there anything that didn't quite make it in yeah it's honestly just a lot of it was word count we had a lot of interesting and great quotes from people um, explaining Mm -hmm. stuff they were much more passionate about or focused on that I would have loved to include, but we simply didn't have the space in print. And we had a discussion, you know, do we include more online because we have unlimited space? And we decided not to because if there are people who don't have access to computers, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't stop them from having the same same information as the people who do have access to our voter guide online. So that was, you know, a discussion that we made or that we had and um, led to that decision. So I definitely wish we'd had more context. Um, And then also, you know, just longer articles on, you know, the candidates, um, Milton Street and Malcolm Kenyatta would have been great. But I think we also... You know, we touched on the big topics that people wanted to specifically ask those two candidates based on our survey, which I was very glad we were able to do. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a very um, a very smart way to to go about it. Actually, fielding those questions to the public to find out what questions to field or research about the candidates. Um, you know, when I was reading this myself, actually, a lot of the the issues that you have little blurbs on. Are things that we've that we've talked about extensively on these shows, um, and are just things that I've heard people talking about in general. So I, from from my perspective as someone who was not involved with this <laughs> until right now, um, I think y'all did a great job. Thank you. At Thank pulling you. That off. Yeah, we worked really hard. It took. I think we started planning mid September. Mm-hmm. We had our first sit down to talk about. You know, this is what we wanted to do and um then it took a month we were interviewing people up until you know two or three days before the voter guide was published mm-hmm. so, so yeah. i'm curious now now that you all have done this and I, I i assume that this is the largest scale or like most thorough voting guide thing you all have done based on i think so i haven't gone too far back into our archives but mm-hmm. um since i've been at the temple news it's definitely one of the most comprehensive voter things we've done so oh go ahead i I just have a a quick question Mm -hmm. how did you guys navigate um when describing what candidates support or do not support how did you guys navigate um 
the difference between obviously what candidates say they support and maybe what other people say they support or if you were unable to potentially talk to a candidate, um, putting out there what what they do support and or don't support. Because obviously, depending on which side of the aisle you're looking at, there are people who say, oh, well, this person supports this, but then they may say they don't support that. Or if, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, I think so. So you're pretty much asking, you know, if we didn't hear back from candidates to get like the straight answer from them directly, how did we go about yeah, that and just to, to how you guys tried to avoid the bias of saying, well, this candidate supports this. If maybe different people another, would argue how that could be worded, what yeah, they support, what they don't. We actually had a discussion about this and it was something that I missed. But our editor in chief, uh, Jillian McGoldrick, she pointed it out to me. Um, there were certain candidates where the writing was, you know, I'm it was, you know, some candidates it was like they support this and then other ones it was like oh these candidates are against these issues talking about the same topic and she pointed out like that's it was a bias and I had not consciously done it and the moment she pointed it out it was like a light bulb went off in my head so we edited through specifically for that several times to make sure that our wording was consistent for everybody so we didn't say you know um we didn't try to say, you know, this person is against legalizing marijuana versus this person supports it. We would say this person, you know, supports keeping marijuana criminalized or something like that. So that the actual words themselves were consistent across all candidates, which is really important because, you know, if we present information in a biased way without trying to do analysis, but it's still biased, then that's not an accurate voter guide for people. Mm-hmm. It's really fantastic that you all gave that kind of consideration to the actual language used. Because um, I feel that often when bias starts to creep through in pieces that are specifically trying to not feel that way, that's where it tends to get missed. Hmm. Um, where you'll read that an opponent is like against this, 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 and this, and then you'll see a response about um, about another candidate where it's more nuanced and like, oh, well, they think this, that, and the mm-hmm. other thing. Yeah. Um, this last question that I've got for you before we go to our break is having having facilitated something like this, do you all think you're going to do pieces of this depth with more elections in the future? Maybe the general election and, and midterms in the future? <laughs> I hope so. I think, you know, midterms were unique for us because it's much more local government. Um General elections, you know, for presidential stuff, it's almost impossible for a college paper to get an interview with a presidential candidate. You know, it's really tough. Mm -hmm. We get lucky when the candidates dump on campus, but um, it's, yeah, I mean, we still struggled getting, you know, responses from some of the higher offices, um, people running for that. You know, especially from, you know, the Democratic and Republican parties because mm-hmm. they have gigantic campaigns that they're running. Um, but I think, you know, we've done it before and we have people kind of we have all the structures of our process on how we did it um, internally. So I think it's going to be much easier to replicate in the future. So I hope that the Temple News continues to do this for all kinds of elections because every election impacts um, student and resident life here. Awesome. Well, I hope you all do continue to do it because this, like I said, was a really comprehensive guide. And to be completely honest, especially with some of the candidates that I haven't read that much about on, um, I'm going to use it. So 
Well, thanks for producing a useful thing. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. Uh, so we do have to go to our talk break. Um, y'all are listening to Rational Radio on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. And when we come back, we've got some current events from around the country and around the world and outside of it. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. From WHIP News, I'm Amaranth Roof. Today is Monday, November 5th, and this is your WHIP News Update. The Trump administration reinstated all sanctions against Iran today that had been removed under the 2015 nuclear deal. They will hit oil exports, shipping, and banks, and will affect both Iran and the states that trade with it. More than 700 individuals, entities, vessels, and aircraft are now on the sanctions list, according to BBC. The Trump administration has granted exemptions to eight unnamed countries, which are permitted to continue importing Iranian oil. At the polls tomorrow, Philadelphia voters will see a ballot question asking voters whether they will let the city issue $180 million in bonds to pay for maintaining and building capital projects in transit, parks, museums, streets, and municipal buildings. The question has been put on the ballot every year for more than two decades, according to Philly.com. Bonds are usually issued to be paid back within 20 years. While this will increase city spending on parks and other programs, it will also contribute to the city's debt bill of $5.5 billion, including interest, which is to be paid by 2047. From WHIP News, I'm Amaranth Rook, and this has been your WHIP News Update. Welcome back. To Rational Radio on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. And this is the show where we talk about, well, politics, current events, all that fun stuff. If you missed and the... Sports. Um, no! No sports! <laughs> I tried. That's what, we, that's what we don't talk about. Um, except for when we do, which is on very rare occasions. <laughs> Last week we talked about the wing bowl on oh. uh, the district because yeah rest in peace yeah rip um, angelo cataldi and his his baby people were so i didn't know how how violently people well not violently i shouldn't say that but how <laughs> how just i will die for people, the people i would say like it was just like this was it was a very high stakes thing when that went away and like a lot of people were just nope. not a uh... real quick just for some reason over the last like week and a half mm-hmm. every day i've had a really absurdly strong craving for wings yeah. And I'm not a wing guy. Like, I, I never have been. And just for some reason, over the last two weeks, Same. I have. So now I'm disappointed that there is no wing bowl because I, maybe I would have went. Same right now, but, like, I am a wing guy, and I'm also extremely hungry, and we were just talking about <laughs> wings. So I don't know how um, how much that applies. But for those of you who missed the first talk break, uh, we just talked about the Temple News' coverage of the – I don't even say coverage of the election, but they published a very comprehensive – um, voting guide for Pennsylvania residents at large. Uh, highly recommended if you just want to know where candidates stand on things. They went to great lengths to keep bias out of it to the extent that you possibly can. Um, and also it has details on a lot of the uh, much more local candidates here in North Philly. Um, so you can check that out on the Temple News website. Um, you can also check out that interview when this episode of Rational Radio goes up online in like the next 12 to 16-ish hours. So, uh, yeah, check that out. It was some good stuff. But now. 
just to add on to that real quick. Yeah. Um, when I was putting articles into this rational uh, radio rundown, it was really hard to find an unbiased article. Like, though nearly impossible to find. So the fact that this is this unbiased is incredibly amazing. Well, I think that ever since, um, ever since we reached a point where the there are there are individuals in our politics right now who very openly and specifically attack the media, regardless of what they do. And now there are a lot of media outlets that have like taken off the gloves and don't even try anymore to to hide their reactions to that. Yeah, I, I think it's very difficult to find um, to find a lot of media that isn't. I shouldn't say that isn't biased because again, like when, when you learn about about media um, academically, it is damn near impossible, if not impossible, to not have bias in media um, because people produce it and people are biased, and it's just. Like, the, the way our brains work, it's very difficult to divorce um, that. But um, I, I do think it's gotten a bit nuts recently, and I very much appreciate the um, the lengths to which it looks like the Temple News has gone to to really have a solid um, a solid piece that talks about the election, talks about the details you need to know, where polling places are, um, the candidates and what they think, um, all around A+. Plus. And not just because they are temple people, although that certainly helps. <laughs> but yeah, we've got. Speaking of the news and media and politicians, um, it's like we've got a spicy meatball up next. If you want to deliver that, yeah, of course. So there has been a Trump immigration ad going around, and the ad focuses on the migrant caravan. And it kind of says that they're marching to a border and we need to stop this. It also centers around Louis Bracamontes, an illegal immigrant who killed two cops. And from that kind of bounced off uh, that dangerous illegal criminals who do not follow our laws will come in with this caravan. And that by voting Republican, uh, you would keep Americans safe and stop the caravan. Especially because of who it's centered on, centered on, and essentially implied that a lot of these illegal immigrants were criminals, a lot of people were against this. So from the bat, CNN refused to play it, and Facebook said that they will they will block any paid promotion on it. Now NBC and Fox News did. Uh, play it and received a ton of backlash of people calling out the networks claiming the ad was racially divisive. Mm-hmm. NBC played it during Sunday Night Football. Yes. For the record, which was made it e- even more of a hot button topic because many, many people mm-hmm. uh, watch Sunday Night Football. Yeah. CNN called it outwardly racist. Um, they said they, they refused it from the initial offer that they wouldn't play it because they, they viewed it as as a racist advertisement. To be honest, I and I don't normally like CNN tends to be we, we we source them for some things here even. Um but like as a whole, I'm not always the biggest fan of CNN in that they often do wear their bias on their sleeve. This is a situation in which I actually agree with them. Um I've seen the way this migrant caravan has been talked about um by a lot of prominent figures on the right and and yeah, a lot of the the message has been as as we saw with this ad, they will take very heinous crimes committed by individuals, and then use those crimes to talk about the entire caravan. But it's not just like a, like 
uh, I'm trying to even think of how of how best to unpack this. I think that comparing a broad group of people who are fleeing violence in their home country, labeling them as criminals and not just criminals, but like murderous criminals and stuff like this. Yeah, it's outwardly racist. I would feel differently if in the ad they were like, hey, we've got to secure our borders, right? And we've got this big caravan, a couple thousand people coming, and we don't think we're equipped to handle this. So we should send the military and this, that, and the other thing to be equipped to handle this situation because we can't just have people coming in willy-nilly. If that were if that were the, the, the message on the surface of this ad, I would understand why some people might still disagree with that. But I'd be like, yeah, you know, hey, that's you know borders that's how it works but the fact that there's what seems to be a very deliberate effort to to just characterize this group of people as as violent and murderous and like to to kind of like hold up um to 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 hold up people who've committed things like murder and in other in other similar ads that I've seen things like rape and stuff like that and then be like these are the kinds of people that we're just letting in. Tons and tons of them. Like that. Yeah, that is, uh, that's, it might be kind of outwardly racist. Because if I ran an ad, and actually um, I've a talk show host on CNN, funny enough, um, briefly talked about how, talked about the like recent shootings and stuff with white people in this way. And I said the same thing where I was like, you can't make those comparisons. If there were people running ads about, um, like these shootings recently that were that have been committed by white people, like the the synagogue one that happened um, last week, or the bombing incident and stuff like that, and said, "Hey, you know, we can't like you know white people are hateful, and a lot of them are criminal and extreme, and we have to keep them out of politics." Like, if there were an ad like that, I, I would expect it to get a, a similar response. Like, it's just something I, I don't feel that this kind of characterization of broad groups. Um, has any place in our media is kind of nasty yeah it's it's one of those things where it had to go through so many people uh to get where it is and it's just like nobody kind of caught on and it, i think that in itself seems kind of problematic that a lot of people behind it still continue to allow it to continue it's it's, well, it's, it's achieving me. its goal I would argue that the fact that it's arguably racist isn't viewed as a bad thing potentially by the people who are putting it out there. Because if you're trying to advocate to a group of people who are scared of these groups of people, that's, I mean that that's your that's your goal is to create this fear. It's is blatant fear mongering with with quite frankly racist rhetoric. Like it's really like if this were, if we had a country that looked like Germany to our south, and there was a group of a couple thousand people fleeing very violent conflict, um, like I, I really genuinely don't think it would be covered in this way. Again, what I, what I said a moment ago, where you can make arguments about the importance of secure borders and sending the military to handle an influx of people, that would be cool. And I would expect that kind of reaction, kind of regardless of what the people looked like. But the fact that, again, oftentimes gangs like MS-13 are brought up, and there's always this weird it's movement It's people from the Middle East. Yeah, like, like, but no, but like, even with cases like with people from the Middle East, to bringing up examples of terrorism or examples of murder in this case or examples of rape and stuff like that, and then using it to characterize broad groups of people who are fleeing very real violence, 
and like making that the the core of the ad like yeah that's that's racist arguably xenophobic certainly and uh, it's just it, it's nasty it's reminiscent honestly of um of the way that the, the german media kind of handled jewish people when people. they were going off the uh oh no you, you can go ahead oh, i was just say people fear others who do not look like them I wouldn't say that they do automatically, but it's well, easier to stoke those fears. That, I, yes, rather. I did not mean everybody, but I, I meant when you, when you see fear-mongering, it tends to come from groups of people who fear those who do not look like them. Yeah. A, a question I have to ask you two, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Irish, was did you guys see, and I don't think it's in our rundown, about how Sean Hannity is going to be making an appearance on the campaign trail uh, with President Trump? <laughs> no, but it doesn't. And just the the ethical questions that raises of a member of the media endorsing a particular candidate and then appearing with them on said campaign trail. I, I don't have the name in front of me, well, that's, but what I saw was that um, somebody from CNN was actually suspended for doing something similar a few years ago. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say that I feel like a lot of our media is just not even trying anymore. And I should say that both in the, in the way that some outlets... Um, criticize in a more subjective way our current administration but also in the way other outlets a lot of conservative ones support our administration in a very subjective fashion um yeah that's in my opinion just another example of how when it comes to bias a lot of our media just isn't really trying anymore and it stinks yeah and just to kind of go back on a thought like i was just kind of having uh, Donald Trump Jr. did tweet the video itself. So it and it's one of those things where uh, Trump's campaign manager also inst- uh, what said whatever uh, said that like NBC, CNN, and Facebook have now blatantly said they were against us. And I feel like it, what we were talking about before, like when we blatantly say something is for and against, is when we start blowing those lines. Uh, in this high political climate. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is a situation where I think that those statements are justified because, again, this ad is very openly xenophobic. And, again, arguably, I, I, I would say that it's racist. Because, again, it's not arguing about border security and the management of a large group of people. It's, I mean, it, that, that argument is in there, but the way that argument is being made is by holding up violent criminals in this case and then implying that those characteristics apply to the majority of or even large portions of this group and it would be one thing if if this were just a group of people who were coming to the u.s for fun but they are fleeing very real violence in their home country um so yeah all, all around it's just it's just a really it's a nasty it's a nasty thing and um I stand by the outlets that have pulled this ad. I, I don't fault them for it. But that's all the time we've got for this talk break. I'm going to leave you all real quick with a little bit of ads and a little bit of music and maybe a little bit of updates. And then when we come back, we're talking more news, and some of it might not be on this planet. So stick around. It's going to be fun. You're listening to Rational Radio on WHIP. It's half past the top of the hour, and here's your WHIP Sports Update. Hey, sports fans, I'm Chris Kofsky, and this is your sports update for Monday, November 5th, 2018. 
There are no longer any unbeaten teams in the NFL as the Saints behind Michael Thomas' 211 receiving yards defeated the 8-0 Rams 45-35. The Saints approved a 7-1 on the season as the Rams fall to 8-1. The Chiefs behind another 300-yard, three-touchdown performance from Patrick Mahomes defeated the Browns 37-21 to now improve to 8-1 on the season. Mahomes down his first 10 career starts has 29 passing touchdowns and 3,185 yards which is the most by any player in his first 10 career games in NFL history. On Sunday Night Football between the Battle of the Goats, Tom Brady and the Patriots defeated Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Packers 31-17. The Pats have now won six straight games. The Falcons beat up on the Redskins 38-14. And tonight on Monday Night Football, the Titans take on the Cowboys. To statement Saturday in college football, number one Alabama beat number three LSU on the road 29-0 to clinch a spot in the SEC championship. Number five, Michigan had no problem with number 14th ranked Penn State beating their Big Ten rivals 42-7. To MLB baseball now where the, Ma- the Texas Rangers announced this weekend they were Heil former major leaguer and third base coach of the Dodgers. Chris Woodward is his team's new manager. The 76ers lost to the Brooklyn Nets on the road last night, 122-97 as the Sixers had NBA season-high 28 turnovers. The Sixers are now 0-5 on the road this season. Today's weather on Broadsheet will be rainy and a high of 56 and a low of 45. And with reports at half past each hour, this has been Chris Kofsky reporting for WHIP Radio, Philly's number one college radio station. Welcome back to Rational Radio on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. And this is the show where we talk about current events, politics, things happening in the nation. Sports question mark? Around the world. No <laughs> sports. <laughs> except for except for when there for when there um, are sports. Um, which reminds me of another saying that I usually um, bring up when we're talking about certain much more than international stories. Um, stories that involve aliens. And I always say with stories that involve aliens, it's never aliens. Until it is aliens. <laughs> so um so yeah, we've got a we got a fun one. All right. So the first known interstellar object to travel through our solar system is starting to expect it to be a gigantic alien solar sail <laughs> sent to look for signs of life. According to a new study about it by astronomers from the Harvard I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. I say, if I, if I uh, try to pronounce it, Some people are going to have no idea what I'm saying. Thick words. <laughs> so NASA also commented on the asteroid saying from their observers, the object had an, quote, unexpected boost in speed and shift in trajectory as it passes through the inner solar system. And other scientists have now concluded that the asteroid, quote, might be a light sail of artificial origin using solar radiation to propel itself forward. So, oh, go ahead. My favorite thing with this is just reminding people of the idea that it is more likely that this was an alien than it is that it wasn't. Because, like, if you if you process the idea that, like, Earth sustains life, mm-hmm. and, like, in our galaxy or in our solar system or whatever, there's nine planets, um, and well, one of them— well. <laughs> like in, in our area, there are nine planets, and one of them sustains life. If you go by that notion, there are many, many, many planets that sustain life. Even if you don't go by that notion, you say, well, there's so many hundreds of planets we haven't discovered. Well, we're starting to find that. So life life is fundamentally just a very, 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 very complex and old chemical reaction. 
Um, but we're starting to find that there are some physical processes, um, specifically when you're looking at energy gradients in water with the correct um, chemical makeup. We see these energy gradients in um, vents, actually. So in a lot of cases, we would expect to see this kind of stuff in geologically active planets. Um, but given an energy gradient, stirring things around, causing things to react, and just billions of years, you can expect chemical reactions of the complexity that uh, that we call life right now to to pop up in a lot of um, in, in a lot of I should say a lot of situations, but like it is certainly possible and not even unlikely. It's more likely than not that there is life somewhere. Yes, or even in life more intelligent than us. And that's also the really concerning thing is that we've uh, until now maybe question mark haven't seen any evidence of it. So I want to uh, before we get into more speculation, I, I do want to clarify that whenever a study comes out and says the kind of stuff that this study is saying, it's it's because that's a, a possibility that we always have to consider. Um, but we. We always only have limited information with these sorts of things, especially with an asteroid like Oumuamua, which was which traveled through our area very quickly um, and then was gone. We had a limited amount of time to look at this thing, and we weren't planning for it because it was, I mean, the, the big thing that made it special is that this came from outside our solar system. It would be like, you know, you're looking in your backyard and someone shoots a bullet across your field of vision. And you see the bullet and go like, <gasps> and then you try to learn everything you can about like what what that what that little metal thing was that just you know flew past like a frame. How to get there? What et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Like granted, you know this thing was around for more than an instant, but at the same time, it was very very far away and it was moving away from us. Um, so the reason why they're speculating that this might be some spooky alien stuff um, is because the way when you've got a rock just kind of flying through space. The forces acting on that should be fairly predictable. We can look at something and we can do all the math involved with the physics based on the way the, the sun's rays are hitting it, based on what we believe the composition of the rock to be, um, and we can guess how it's going to move. Now, they saw that this this rock, or, or whatever it is, accelerated a bit on its way out of our, of our solar system, which shouldn't, which shouldn't happen. Um, now, we've seen that happen before with comets in that they the radiation from the sun will heat them up um, and they will, I think it's called outgassing, but I'm, I'm, I'm not positive. I'm not an astronomer uh, or a cosmologist or whatever. Or a doctor. You know. Cosmo, I'm not a cosmetologist, right? I don't cut hair, so uh, I can't, I you know. But <laughs> but that that force can be enough to cause that kind of acceleration. The problem is when it was even closer to the sun, they, they didn't see it emitting gas. So right now, what, what this article could say is it could say we saw something that looks like a rock, a cigar-shaped rock, fly through our solar system, and it moved in a way that has scientists scratching their heads. And I say that because there are many things that things that we might not even be looking for, things that we might not even understand besides alien life that could account for that movement. That being said, it was some freaky movement, and it was freaky enough that there are also people saying that, like, hey, you know what? Something that's totally possible that could have caused that movement, alien, alien freaking life. So, I always so like with these things, I say like it's 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 never aliens until, until one day it is <laughs> until it is with this. 
I would still recommend approaching it with the it's never aliens thing, keeping in mind that if we discover aliens in the future, this very well might be something that we look back on and say, okay, maybe that was aliens. All I want to say is, is thank God we're going to have our Space Force to protect us. <laughs> thank just in time. Uh, man, what, what does the president know that we don't? <laughs> well, probably a lot of things, but. Oh, yeah, that's scary to think about. Um, I think uh, another interesting point, as you did bring up the shape that does look like a cigar, is mm-hmm. that. Professor Stephen Hawking, so before he died, said that should an alien spacecraft come, that it would be shaped like a cigar or needle, as this would minimize friction and damage from interstellar's gas and dust. So I just find interesting that... That's really interesting. Yeah, someone who is considered the... Someone who was considered, I should say, the smartest science person around kind of predict it like what this could be because there's not many reasons travel through space like like, so the 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 whole reason why we haven't seen i shouldn't say the whole reason because we don't know why we haven't seen aliens in fact that fact alone is that one of like the most concerning things in um in cosmology right now because like there is so much space and so much silence from from what we've looked at that like it doesn't bode very well for us um, just in the sense that, like, maybe civilizations wipe themselves out before they can before they can communicate. Um, so space itself is so huge, and traveling through it because it's so big, like it's so big, even communication is damn near impossible because you run into things like the speed of light. You run into fundamental, or at least what look like fundamental limitations about our reality um, that make it difficult to travel. So. It's not likely that we would see things coming through just for fun. It's not likely that we would see, like, probes that have specifically picked Earth. What we would expect to see are, like, unmanned, so so to speak, um, just kind of, like, traveling things for, like, like just not Gathering information. Stuff. Yeah, gathering information. Not very much of, like, oh... Here are the aliens to to say hi to Earth and like we've been watching you like no that's that's not gonna that's not likely. You mean the movies are lying to me, Mister Tony? <laughs> yeah, Mr. yeah. Tony. And if and like and if you if you if you really get a grip on the size of the universe, even the size of our galaxy, even the size of our solar system, like it makes sense. The amount of empty space um, between stars, between galaxies, it, it, it is staggering, absolutely staggering. Yeah. Maybe they come through and just say there are no signs of intelligent life anywhere. <laughs> so uh, now we can get into the conspiracy theories. And my conspiracy oh is going to be... It was George Bush. Uh, have you, either of you... <laughs> have you... <laughs> On a space rock. <laughs> flying through the galaxy. That's what I would do if I were pres- like a president, you know. Uh, have either of you seen Smallville? I have not. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have. So... Smallville is about a young Clark Kent who came from space as he's, like, trying to figure out his powers. My theory is going to be this is Superman. Have you ever seen Chicken Little? (laughs) Now hear me out on this. (laughs) Go for it. The sky is falling. (laughs) That's that's pretty. (laughs) Or what's, what's what's the movie with the boobs? 
the the, I, the purple things where it has Sheldon uh, from the Big Bang Theory yeah, voices it. I think it's called Home. It is called Home. Yes, the, it's really the boobs are coming for us. Now we just Tony play us out with Country Roads, <laughs> and, and we'll roads. be all good. <laughs> all right, let me, let me see if I can find that. It it is in the system. <laughs> well, while I search Tony, what's your for, favorite uh, conspiracy theory of this? Oh, my favorite. Oh, so like for this particular story? Yes, this particular instance. Um, I don't. I I really like the idea of of George Bush riding around <laughs> the solar system on a cigar. They'll never catch um, me. Yeah, like they'll never they'll never catch me. They know they know that I did nine eleven, and um, and that's how he escaped. The, the jurisdiction of Earth on a cigar in space. Um, Makes sense to me. That's a conspiracy theory, so I don't have to prove crap. <laughs> um, you know, you can't prove that that's not true. Oh, what? George Bush didn't do 9-11, and he still is on Earth? And, prove it. And, like, and like he's right there? <laughs> yeah, prove, how do I know? How that's do not I know really this? him. That could be another George Bush. Yep. How do but, I know you don't have a body double? Well, wait, we know there's at least two of them, just based off our presidential records. Is all I would say. And like you're like you're arguing with me right now about the existence of George Bush, but like you have these preconceived notions, <laughs> and like even if I think that even if I could prove to you that that was George Bush on that on that cigar, um, you wouldn't believe me. So I'm not going to argue <laughs> with you. I have I have my beliefs about this, and you have yours. We, and I can't think we that, just agree to disagree? I think that we should just agree to disagree. Um, George Bush was on that was on that cigar flying through the galaxy and and yeah i have a final conspiracy because i can't i can't remember the name of the movie it's a real classic though well an alien comes from outer space he's like a robot yeah yeah we, we watched that the uh, the other day in barry vacker's class yeah and i'm gonna say and he warns about nuclear war at the end and now with our nuclear stuff being so powerful this alien on this uh rocket is what we'll call it is coming to warn us about nuclear war, and if we do not stop, they will destroy us. Wasn't it called like the war, not the war of the worlds, but something like that? Oh, I forget what that one when was worlds called. collide. No, it wasn't maybe. that. Maybe <laughs> no. It's it's. I'll have to ask Mister Barry Backer, and he'll tell us. Movie Alien warns. After this, we gotta go. Warns <laughs> about nuclear war. What is the name? Ten great films. Don't give me ten great films. No, this was not from 1994. <laughs> it was black and white. It was black and white. Give me like thirty seconds, and I will. All right. Well, that's how many you have. Day after, like tomorrow. I'm gonna sign us. I'm gonna sign us out now, um, (laughs) and then hopefully you'll be able to snipe me with the answer before I I hit the button. So y'all are listening to Rational Radio on WHIP. That's all the time that we've got. The day the earth stood still. That yes. I didn't even find it on my phone for the oh, record. It's such I a pulled pop that out culture one, too. I don't know why we couldn't think yeah, of that. Ten for three. Yes. All right. So we really do got to go. Y'all listen to WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. Let's what hear is? the country roads. Country roads. Have a good one.